BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, welcome to Tag Talk. It's a little bit of an interesting one this week. Um... I should probably do some general housekeeping things before we really get into it. So sure. basically, I don't know if you can tell, but Haley's I not am here. not Haley. <laughs> so what has happened, and for the next few weeks, what we're going to have to, as a community, handle. Um, so Haley is on a bit of a mental health sabbatical, a little bit of a mental health um, journey. A little bit of a of a break. So every week on Tag Talk, I'm going to be joined by someone else, by a special guest, by a friend of the channel, by someone else from Fightful. I don't know. It's going to be different every week. It's going to be a lot of fun. All that being said, each show is going to be a little bit different because our, our guests are going to have input in what we're talking about, what we're doing. Um so this is like an indefinite thing. We, we're not entirely sure when Haley's going to be up to come back or when she's going to feel okay to be on Tech Talk again. So just you just got to stick it out, guys. That's just, <laughs> that's just what we're doing. But I am joined today by one of my best friends in the entire world. And this is Mike. Mike, I want you to introduce yourself. I want you to tell the people what you're about. Oh, goodness. Go for it. Uh, hey, guys. I'm Mike. Uh, I used to do a podcast called The Up and Over Podcast. I met Kylie forever ago in Chicago, and now we've just traveled the roads, brother. And uh, yeah, I just love wrestling and Saints football and everything about those two things. So, uh, Kylie, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's pretty big shoes to fill with Haley, considering how much people love Tag Talk. So here's to hoping I can do a fraction of what she does. I think you're going to be just fine. I, I, Mike is one of my best friends in the whole world. And I did promise on Twitter that I would tell the infamous story of how we met. Oh, did you? I missed I did. this tweet. Yeah. I used to, um, to bribe people to come watch. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> so, so basically Mike and I live in two completely different States. And the story of how we met is if any of you have been to AEW all out, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's like, 
there's nothing in the city. It's not even Chicago. It's Hoffman Estates. And it's uh, like, and it's decently far from Chicago. Like, like 40 so minutes. far that you couldn't find an Uber to save your yeah. life. And the, like public transportation, Chicago has trains, but like they're not in Hoffman Estates. No. So basically what happened was um, my sister and I, Colby, we basically just waited for like two hours probably for an Uber to take us to our hotel. It wasn't coming. So I'm like, okay, we're going to walk the six miles to our hotel. Yeah. In dark Hoffman Estates, there's nothing. It's whatever. So we're booking it because we're two women alone at night. And we come across this group and there's some, there's a giant Ethan <laughs> and uh, Mike and like some other people. And I'm like, we're going to like go with this group. And we just start talking, just chatting. And then eventually we come across a stranger in a pickup truck who turned out to be the worst. This was the worst idea ever. <laughs> Not a good guy. We accepted a ride from the stranger and turns out we were staying at the same hotel and we've been best friends ever since. That's it. That's it. I want you to know there there was a moment where we realized y'all were behind us and we were like, should we like stop for them? Like, what do we do? Like, they're just walking. We might as well just wait for them and see what we can get together, you know? (laughs) Um, But there was a moment where it was just you, Ethan, Colby and I sitting in a parking lot in front of a Chipotle in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Just hoping somebody came back to pick us up. (laughs) Um, There's people sleeping all over the parking lot. It was, it was, uh, what a time. It so was a moral, moral of the story, stranger danger, but um but I was a not stranger. My Thank you. <laughs> uh just a reminder, guys, if you want your question, your comment, your whatever read on air, make sure to submit a super chat and I will read every single super chat, provided it's appropriate. The mind your P's and Q's. We had some issues before, but love that. All that being said. You guys are here to see us talk about wrestling. Yes. And Mike Klinsky has some opinions about what we're about to talk about. Oh, and I'm excited about it. So, oh, a super chat from Colby. <laughs> who is my sister? She says, I love Mike. <laughs> I don't like this at all. I don't like it. I love you, Colby. Oh, we love you, Colby. Um, But back to wrestling. Yes. Um, WWE is doing some... In my opinion, weird stuff. And I, w- I kind of want to gauge your opinion on it because I don't think we've talked about it. Um, so basically, Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble. He's challenging Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It's a given. It's a whole thing. They did a whole promo building it this week. But me and I think a lot of other people kind of feel like Sami Zayn has been left in the dark. I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens challenging for the tag titles, which is like what a lot of people think is going to happen. I don't know. I'm not into it. And I kind of want to know where you stand with it. Cause we haven't talked about this. I don't think we haven't talked anything WWE at all in a uh-huh. long time, in a long time, in a long time. <laughs> ever. Um, there's a few things. Uh, firstly to touch, I know that you and Haley had covered like the whole bloodline story, uh, including Sami Zayn there a couple weeks ago. But, um, uh, the interesting part about that is that there was like this innate bias that I don't think you've ever seen in a wrestling storyline or has ad- done as well um, as Sammy did, even as he was leaving, as like he was in his final moments as honorary Oose, where he turned on Roman and everybody kind of expected it and hoped that it would happen and it was justified. But even Sammy was so indoctrinated by the bloodline that you even see immediately after his remorse and him understanding and accepting what Jimmy and Jay were going to have to do to him. Like 
mm-hmm. that was done phenomenally. I don't think that's being talked about enough is like to everybody watching, it was the right thing to do for Sammy, but for everybody in that ring, it was the worst thing he could have done. And it was like, you turned your back on family. Right. So, um, Sammy to me was the glue that held all that together, especially in the, the weird moments where things weren't clicking so well. Um, and so for Sammy to just kind of be lost is weird to me for him to not be seen as a quote unquote main event guy. I'll never understand that. Um, but the whole storyline there was masterfully done. Um, but that does lead us into Roman's next program, which as you said, is uh, Cody Rhodes. Um, and for what it's worth, I love Sammy and Kevin Owens as a tag team. I think that's going to be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm all in for that, but I just hope that they don't get lost after two weeks or a month and they, they get a good push together. I think it's going to be awesome to see. Um but for Cody and Roman, man, their promo for Monday was fantastic. Uh, and it's a true testament to how much, you know, you have to be able to verbally sell what you guys are going to be, uh, you know, doing over the next, what, two months now. Uh, and you have to get people to buy in. I enjoyed it. Uh, I told you uh, as we were about to go live, we were talking about Cody. And I had just said, you know, if, if Cody Rhodes cries in every promo, like actually sheds tears, I'm in. I'll pay as much <laughs> money as possible to watch it. Um but my question to you is, should Cody, in your opinion, be the one to end Roman streak? I've thought about this a lot because um, I've always thought, yeah, I think Cody should be the one to beat Roman. But I don't. a lot of people have made convincing arguments that Cody should lose and then work his way back to Roman. Mm. But it's a weird situation because I feel like Cody's entire story since coming back to WWE has been building to this WrestleMania. Of course, the injury was probably not uh, expected. He probably wasn't going to take that, that time off regardless. And then I think he was always going to win the Royal Rumble. And I think he was going to go and beat Roman. But Cody to me now, because the bloodline has been so great and so integral to WWE since Cody's been gone he feels like an outsider in the story and it's it's for it's hard to get him to fit in there and i understand that he has you know his dad and all these motivations for challenging roman and all these motivations for winning and in all likelihood wwe will probably give him the belt because he's such a big star but sammy Zayn is so over and a lot of people have compared it to you know daniel bryan and the yes movement which i don't think it's quite on that level but I think Sami Zayn being in the mix with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes has proven that he can have that main event spot. And I think fans will like it. Fans, of course, they love Cody and, you know, they love, hate Roman. Oh, they love Cody. They love, they do love Cody. And, you know, for, for a bunch of reasons, I think Cody, his feud with Seth Rollins was really great. I think fans have missed him since the injury. Because um, WWE doesn't have a lot of like main event star power outside of Roman Reigns and Cody Rose. But I don't know. I just seeing Cody as the one to beat Roman, there's something off there for me. And I do think Roman, it's probably his time to lose the belt. I think he's, I, I think he probably should have lost the belt long before now. Uh, I, I, he's been champion for what feels like a millennia, maybe two millennia. He, he doesn't do a whole lot except walk around with Paul Heyman in the bloodline. And I know Cody would be a better champion, 
But it's like getting my brain to accept that the end of this wonderful bloodline story will be Cody Rhodes as champion and not Sami Zayn is a little bit difficult for me. Yeah. And and like you said, the comparison from Sami to Daniel Bryan and the yes movement, it's a stretch, but I, you know, without looking into it and just off the top of my brain, like, I don't know if there's been anybody that's gotten over as organically since other than Sami Zayn. Right. So yeah, I can understand the comparison because there's not much else to compare to. Um, a few things I, I would entirely disagree that Roman should have lost way sooner. Um, you had mentioned no star power. I just don't see mm-hmm. anybody on that roster being that guy. Um, so yeah. I think Cody coming in and doing that. Fantastic. Here's what I was going to tell you before we went live. Oh. Cody Rhodes has a career after wrestling and there's not a doubt in my mind. You put him in those ASPCA like animal commercials and you have Cody Rhodes crying. You're making money. You're making <laughs> money. I mean, you, you imagine Cody, Cody Rhodes crying about animals and like, just send us 65 cents a day. Like I'm in, I'm sending my entire life to that man. I'm in. Cody Rhodes, ASPCA guy, I'm in. I always I always thought when Cody finishes wrestling, he'll be a politician. Oh, I don't know. And I guess know, it's kind team. of the same thing. Just being like all these, he's like, think about all these like poor, like where does he live, Georgia? Yeah. All these like poor that. people in Georgia who were victimized by the government and everything. I think then he gets the, by, the baby face against the government. That's good. Crying. That's good. <laughs> I'm telling you, Cody Rhodes crying draws money. I don't care. He's emotional. That I love it. We love emotional kings. We do. So do you think Cody is going to beat Roman? Do I think Yeah. he's going to beat him? Yes. Do I think he should beat him? Yeah. Why not? Okay. And then I asked you this, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here. If Cody beats Roman, two things. Do Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns ever come back to that feud? And two... What do you do with Cody then? Who like Seth Rollins? I guess. <laughs> do I care about that? No, but it's <laughs> uh that's just not for me. Um no, I think the thing with Sammy is it's unfortunate, but like you had mentioned, I think he's the one that gets left out to pasture here and he's just kind of lost, which is why it's good that he has the fallback with Kevin Owens and they can put them as a tag team at any point and it's gonna do well. You know, he'll face like good guy, bad guy. They're going to do fine. Um, But I think he's going to be the one that shows the least amount of star power moving forward, if that makes any sense in terms of a draw. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I part of me kind of thinks maybe in the summer they'll they'll circle back to Sammy and put some, you know, some force behind him. I'm not entirely sold on Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens against um against we've gotten some good comments i'm reading the comments out of the corner of my eye um i'm not entirely sold on sammy zane and kevin owens against the usos uh for the belts the usos they're they put so much work into like breaking up the usos and putting tension there then it's like sammy zane and kevin owens have been fighting for years and it's it feels a little too easy to me. Um, granted, I do think Cody should face Roman at WrestleMania. And also, before people bring it up, 
there's absolutely no reason why Roman Reigns should wrestle two nights at WrestleMania. Yeah. I I think that people if the Rock was there maybe, but the Rock is not going to be there. So why would Roman wrestle twice to drop drop both belts? Um it makes no sense. Just give yeah, Cody just his moment. Give him everything and let him have his moment. Um my counterpoint to Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus the Usos being too easy. It's going to rock. It's going to be awesome. Um, So I have no complaints about it at all. And, uh, you know, people who in the chat who have watched Tag Talk know how I feel about the Usos as tag champs, as double tag champs for it's, I have a lot of issues with it, but WWE's tag division is light to be nice it's kind of bad and you know what you know what you sold me some new blood with kevin owens and Sami Zayn would be good for the division i don't know what you do with the usos you could do like one uso and solo sokoa i guess i don't know Oh yeah that's exciting i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) mike mike okay for people who don't know mike mike is um not a wwe hater Uh, it's just product that isn't for me exactly but overall i think the bloodline has been really great it's been the only good thing that they've done in the past decade yeah and i think the bloodline has done a lot for um for wwe in terms of viewership and in terms of just fan attention and i think sammy has been a great part of that and i'm like Oh, I'm like, I'm going to be honest, guys, because this is a new era of tag talk. We're in our um, special guest series. I'm going to be honest. I've refrained from saying this for so long, but Haley's not here. Mike is. And I know Mike will Mike will let me rant about this. Go for it. I think WWE not giving Sami Zayn his due as like the guy in the bloodline or as the one of like the driving forces behind the, the success of the story is a travesty. And I've said, I don't think the bloodline story is about Roman. I think the bloodline story is about Sammy and Jay. And the fact that they're both just like second to Cody Rhodes is driving me nuts. I'm going to be honest. I love Cody though. Cody embraces America. He is. He embodies it. Come on now. Mike, I cannot believe you just said that. It's fine. I, we got a Cody I, Luther King message in the chat. Like that's the best thing I'm going to read today. Here, I'll put it up so people good, can see please. it. Um, I, I'm still holding out hope that Cody will win the title and be the Homelander gimmick. I, when he was in AW, I wanted that Homelander turn so bad and it never happened. And maybe he doesn't want it to happen, but can you imagine Cody beats Roman as a babyface, And then he's just like, haha, actually I'm a heel. It'd be uh, yes. You might get that song at the end of this whole thing, buddy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, so for people who are uh, don't have aren't looking at the chat, uh, Kirby in our bad. chat said "Adrenaline in My Soul," something, something, Cody Rhodes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Casually, um, yeah, ca- dude. I just want Cody to come out Monday after WrestleMania, grab a mic, tears in his eyes, and mm-hmm. say, "So, what do you want to talk about?" That's all I want him to say. It's my favorite thing he does. That, that one crying. line. That's it. Hey, crying. What do you want to talk about? What do you guys want to talk about? So so nothing that he does in the ring. That's like He's second fine. to the tears. Every time he does a cartwheel and the whole Stardust thing, it's funny. 
Oh, I love. Oh, I I love Stardust. I think you know how much I love Stardust. Yeah, Kirby said uh, WWE fans aren't turning on Cody Rhodes. They love him, and that's the oh, truth. And that's the reason he made the jump. Really, yeah. Um, he wanted to be like the meat and potatoes baby face, like nothing short of that. And AEW fans were like, "Yeah, but no." Uh, whereas WWE is like, "We're in." So, and that's cool. That just shows the difference in the product. Yeah, Cody Rhodes as the you know this ultra American character, it didn't work in AEW, and. It, he Cody Rhodes was so successful on the indies because he wasn't this extreme American character. He was in the Bullet Club for most of that time, and he just wore a suit and was uh, he smoked cigars and was hey, like the more you t- like the more that we discuss Cody Rhodes, the more boring he becomes to me. And so, um, <laughs> might, My- might not be a great take, but it's the right. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at. BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm sorry. I know I 100% get it. So that all that being said, should we pivot to AEW? I'd love to. Okay, I, listen, AEW, and since Full Gear, to me, has been on its best run yet. In ring-wise, I think a lot of the stories are really, really great. Um, I know Haley agrees, but Mike Klinsky, what are your opinions on AEW? Dude, AEW has been on a tear for a little bit now. Um their entering work has been great. Again, building stories. There's a few that I'm not a, much of a fan of, um, but we'll touch on that as we do a preview of tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But AEW has been fantastic to watch. I haven't been much of a, a like a Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern rampage kind of watcher. I'll watch yeah. when I can, if I can. Um, but man, they've had some bangers on that hour long show too. So um aw has been doing really really great even their like developmental stuff dark elevation uh that's all been fantastic so uh, you know me i love aw i'm all in for it um but yeah they've been on an absolute tear and i don't think it's a coincidence that they've been doing so well since the elite return i knew you were gonna say it i knew I it i don't think it's a coincidence before we dive into the preview tonight and i don't want to get on a crazy tangent about this okay i d- we haven't spoken about this either I miss CM Punk. Me too. And, and I listen, think, I think CM Punk coming back, not only is it fantastic business, but you're I'm hard pressed to believe that CM Punk is a bad human being because of all the things that he's done for other people. Uh not only like the people there, like you know, the actual workers in AEW, but then you also have like the videos of um there was a special needs kid that came backstage. It was like, I only wanted to see you. And like, he hung out with him for a while and, you know, mm-hmm. poured love into him. Like, dude, I'm 
I'm not going to be convinced that's a horrible human being. Uh, maybe selfish at times, but um, man, I miss CM Punk uh, every Wednesday on my TV. Yeah, I think. I think there's always going to be wrestlers and, you know, people in general in wrestling who don't get along. And that's just, it's always going to be that way. It's always been that way. But if the, and I'm wearing an elite shirt before anyone calls me a CM Punk show, because I know you will. I finally evaded the CM Punk um, super fans in my Twitter DMs. And now here we are talking about CM Punk. Sorry. Um, No, it's fine. (laughs) Um, I think, and it's weird to me because the elites, they come back and they do the trios. And basically their whole story now, their whole entire babyface turn is built on this fight they had with CM Punk. So I don't know. I think I do miss CM Punk. I miss, I think back to the CM Punk MJF feud. And I miss that kind of uh, realness to AEW feuds. Not that there are feuds, aren't feuds right now and stories that have that same basis. But you know what I mean? Uh, I genuinely, when CM Punk came back and he was feuding with MJF, I genuinely believed everything he was saying and MJF. And I think MJF as world champion, at least in the current feud he's doing, I think he's missing that realness. I think this version of MJF as champion is so contrived and it's like a parody of himself in a way. So, and I love the Danielson stuff. I love seeing Danielson every wrestle every week. Because he's Brian Danielson. He should be wrestling every week. Yep. Uh, and I think his match with MJF is going to be great. But I don't know. CM Punk brought something so special. And now it's like we have Hangman and Moxley, which I get that same feeling of realness with. But is that the I don't only storyline that they have that you get that same feeling of like authenticity with, though? Yeah. And I, you know, I do agree. But I think. I think the popular thing is that people expect, or maybe they like fantasy book CM Punk and FTR against the elite for double or nothing for all out, whatever it ends up being. And I would love to see that um, because it's weird that AEW coming up on revolution, the elite aren't working on a feud. Like the elite are some of the best storytellers in the company and they aren't working for a feud. You could say house of black, but where's house of black been? You know, and if I and I can't help but feel like if CM Punk and FTR were there, that we would have this great trio story headed into revolution. I think you give it a week and you'll still have that same great story. I don't think you need to sell that. And I definitely I don't think CM Punk is done with wrestling, whether that means he comes back to AEW or he doesn't. He goes off and does something else. I think CM Punk. In the ring, there were issues. I'll agree. He's older and he's out of practice. But I think CM Punk is so valuable to wrestling. And I think he genuinely now wants to wrestle and wants to be involved in wrestling. I think he's healed mentally enough from, you know, the WWE disaster um, to be a part of it. And I do expect to see him back. I don't know how, I don't know anything about his injury or how long it takes to heal that kind of stuff. I'm not a doctor. But I, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine a world where CM Punk doesn't heal from this injury and comes back to wrestling in some way. I would say a year would be my guess. I think Mm -hmm. it's something along the lines of like eight months, but if he comes back to AEW, why not pull him back in his hometown at all out again? Right. Yeah. Like I said, 
I said this on uh Tac Talk and maybe it was maybe it's a different show. I don't remember. I said at some point that moving forward all out, the entire pay-per-view should be like cursed for the elite, and that every year they should get screwed over somehow. That's amazing. And how great would it be if the one year anniversary of Brawl Out CM Punk returns? <laughs> It'd be Wow. It would be incredible. It would be incredible. <laughs> apparently, he wants to play ball. Uh, I don't want to get too backstage with it all, but apparently, he wants to come back, play ball, do business. But um, I do miss seeing uh, old Philip Brooks on my TV uh, every Wednesday. Me too. But let's get into the AW card for tonight. I keep forgetting it's Wednesday, guys. It's we're weird. Normally, we're normally live on Monday for Tag Talk, but that's okay. So let's just start with the trios because we're already on the subject. So this... This dynamite is being billed as championship fight night, which you have Battle of the Belts. So I don't know, I don't know why we're not doing Battle of the Belts like this, but that's fine. Uh, so we have the trios world championship match, the elite versus top flight and AR Fox. I've said it before, oh I love Top Flight. I think Dante in particular is really, really talented. Um, I thought this was going to be the revolution match, though. Interesting. What are your thoughts? I have it backwards. Uh -huh. As great as Dante has been, I think I prefer Darius in ring. And here's my really? reason, right? Dante has been a blast. He really understands TV wrestling. I think a little bit better mm -hmm. because Darius hasn't had as many reps. Right. But yeah. dude, you watch Darius. Darius lays everything in. He'll fight from the bottom the entire time and, like I said, work his ass off to get where he needs to be. Uh, and he'll take a beating just to spite the opponent so he can get up and say, what else you got? Um, I love both of them, but I do think that Darius is like is the better wrestler. Uh, I hope like Top Flight hold the championships this year. Uh, I can't say enough good things about them. Um, and they're both relatively young. I mean, Darius is what, going on to be 23 this year? Yeah, 24. something like that. Like yeah. they're both, and he's the older one by a year and a half. Like they're both young. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the future for them in particular, fantastic, and it's super bright. Um, but obviously, the elite in the main event on a Wednesday, the world is healing. Nothing else to say about it. Uh, I cannot be more excited about that. And Ar Fox getting his shot right. That's a guy yeah. that came from PWG, came from Reseda, um, disappeared forever. Just had a wrestling school down in Atlanta, and then. Here he is on TV, got signed to AEW, and now he's in a massive main event match with three of the best workers in the world and then two of the like up-and-coming guys, possibly the most brightest future for you know two wrestlers in the build, like business. So um, I'm excited for this, man. Six people that I couldn't say enough good things about uh, are going to tear it down, and I hope they give them 30 minutes. I 100% agree. I think AR Fox has been incredible in AEW. I think that I think he's one of those guys who people talk about Takeshita a lot in the same light, just got over by being good in the ring, just yeah. being fun to watch. I think AR Fox is in that same boat. I love the pairing with Top Flight because back in the back in the day when Leo Rush was in AEW, I had expected Top Flight and Leo Rush to be a trio, but sure. Leo Rush is doing other things now. And AR Fox is in that spot. Um AR Fox has wrestled you know, members of the elite before on the indies. So there's familiarity there that I'm really excited to see how they, if they come up with anything creative in the match. I, with the elite back, the trios division, I think has been a lot more entertaining because 
poor Death Triangle was just there to hold the spot, apparently. <laughs> they were doing everything they could. They, and where did they go? Like, they lose? And then I expected next week that Pac would be there, like, to be mad that they lost. But no, they're just gone. I he don't took know. his ball and went home. Yeah, he's in wherever he lives in England, that mm -hmm. one city with the weird name. Newcastle upon Tyne. Newcastle upon Tyne. <laughs> okay, Shakespeare. It sounds good. <laughs> I like it. Okay, go move to England then. I will. <laughs> okay, bye. It's fun. <laughs> um, um, but I am excited for this. I love seeing the elite on TV. I'm glad Kenny Omega didn't get deported. I'm glad he got his visa situation sorted out. That he's allowed to stay in the United States, presumably. That's such a uh, a blunt way to say. I'm glad Kenny's still here. I'm glad he didn't get deported. Like, <laughs> I feel like there might have been a more he deported Kenny Omega. No, he only can wrestle now, like in his backyard in Canada, and they just like film it on an iPhone for AW or something. That's what happened to Mike Bailey for years. Love we that need. Guy. We need we need like a wrestler, um, like a, a wrestler rule where wrestlers can come to the U.S. and not get deported. Hey, Scott, let him in. Cody Rhodes runs for president, and that's like his platform. That's it. Yep, yep. Free travel for professional wrestlers and sports Cody entertainers. Just gotta split it down the middle, you know. Oh my God, we need we need to move on. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no, the next no. match that I have is the Acclaimed versus the Guns for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Um, how do you feel about that one? I've been pretty vocal on multiple platforms that I am not a fan of the Guns. Um, uh, the Gun Club, the Ass Boys, whatever you want to call so them. mad. No, listen. I uh, They're nice boys. I've had wonderful conversations with them. But them being in this spot is a little weird to me in a company that is so strong in tag teams that has and has a lot of singles guys that would make great tag teams. Like you can build tag teams. I understand why they're in the spot. I understand, you know, the acclaim stole their dad. Like they want to get revenge, custody of Billy Gunn match or whatever. But the acclaimed are so consistently over and it doesn't seem like it's fading anytime soon. And I would like, I would really, really like to see them doing something else that isn't the guns. We got this before. This is a few that has already been, you know, wrapped up with a bow. I don't understand why we're still going with it. Yeah. The, the only thing that makes sense feasibly for me is that Billy Gunn turns on them tonight. That's it. And no more scissor me daddy ass. I, what are you supposed to do? You've probably sold. You claim to get a new daddy. That, who? Arn Anderson. <laughs> I, I don't know. Big then you show? have them as a trio with Brock Anderson. Go for the belts. There it is. Wrapped it up. Who cares? Do you remember when Brock Anderson joined the Varsity Blondes? No. Oh, my bad. Well, he did on like a dark or something. I and hate then Rick that. Harrison got hurt, and now it's just like a. Oh well. Did it also did it? Wasn't Brock in a tag team with? It was with Lee Johnson, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the nightmare school or whatever. Is it just me or is the guns theme really irritating? Uh, I think it's one of the worst themes in wrestling right now. It's pretty bad. It's um, not good. I think a lot of things about the guns are pretty irritating, to be honest. I will say though, they've improved. They've improved a lot as as wrestlers and um, on the mic, especially Austin, the smaller one. I think he's 
I think there's a do not do not make fun of our short kings. I refuse I'm to, not. to even entertain about? this. The smaller one, the smaller small one, Colton. the short one. It's fine. No, I think he's improved a lot, and I really I admire his commitment to being annoying. Like he fully recognizes that's his role. Yeah. The funeral FTR segment. I don't know why nothing ever came of that. I mean, FTR is taking time off, but I would like to see them walking around, you know, talking about how bad FTR is, FTR scared of them, whatever. Because I do think if FTR comes back to AW, they'll circle back to that. Um, but I don't know. The acclaimed, they, there's no shortage of tag teams they could be wrestling, like Butcher and the Blade. That would be funny. Butcher and the Blade is like these, you know, hardcore rock and roll dudes. With all these tattoos and, you know, they walk around with, like, aprons on and stuff. Against the acclaimed who, who scissor each other and wear bright pink. That's great. That is a pretty, yeah. Like, the way that you describe things, I don't know if anybody's topping that. Hardcore <laughs> rock and roll dudes with tattoos. <laughs> what do you mean? I just enjoy it. I just that's, like that. That's their gimmick. It's good. Um, they had a promo a while ago where they were, like, they were, like, smoking weed or something. I don't remember. Really? Maybe someone in the chat remembers. I feel like you're living in a weird fever dream with some of this stuff. I feel like I see clips of things and I don't watch the whole thing. And then and I your brain just together. goes, that's what that is. Yeah. I think that's what happens. But you know what? That. That's what makes me good at my job. So that's fair. I like it. Um, I'm still a big proponent of House of Black. I think Brody mm -hmm. King and Al like Malachi should just get a, a push. Um, as Kings of the Black Throne. I love it. Let yeah. Buddy do his thing. If you wanted to push the entire, you know, thing, I don't even want to call them a trio because I don't want them as trios champions. But a faction. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just like, mm -hmm. you know, put the tag team titles on uh, Kings of the Black Throne and give Buddy um, that All Atlantic championship and let him run wild with it. Like, I, yeah. I would love that. Um, there's some tag teams that should be in the limelight other than the guns, but. That's whatever. I love that you didn't say anything nice about Colton Gunn. That's my biggest takeaway there is that there was, yeah, yeah, the short one was great. <laughs> Colton, Colton is a hard worker. I'll say that. I think every week he adds something a little bit new, but he's disadvantaged because Austin was there first. And then Austin had that wonderful um, thing during the pandemic where he would wear Sheeta's robe. And like start Sheeta chants, and he was like Sheeta's fanboy. I think he was a lot of people. Everybody's fanboy. He was. Yeah, a blast I think a lot of people pandemic. still think back to that when they think of Austin and Colton didn't have that, but it's fine. Um, this match is going to be fine. There's hopefully something interesting with Billy Gunn. Uh, Maria in the chat says, "Do you think Best Friends should have one more chance at the AW Tag Titles? The Acclaimed versus Best Friends would be hilarious. If they you would do, do something with the belts." On best friends, best friends need something. Give Chuck and Trent their due. They've been here for like nine years. <laughs> like if, <laughs> like they were, like I think back to like AEW originals, and most of them have won a title by now. MJF's world champion, and best friends are just they lose their trios thing. Orange Cassidy wins the All Atlantic belt, but like, whoa, that's whoa, 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 whoa. This is negative all of a sudden, Kylie. What happened? No, we're doing I, so well. Let's go back and talk about Cody Rhodes for five minutes. Maybe we'll get the, the positivity no. back up. No, I love best friends. And I 
I think I'm so passionate about it because I really do think that they're great wrestlers. And I think, I think Chris Statlander being gone kind of sucks because I think she was really growing to be an important part of that faction and that act. But I really like Trent is underrated as an athlete, I think. And sexy Chucky T is sexy Chucky T. Hello. Like, why wouldn't you want that man to have a title? He's sexy. And it's like, what are we doing? Trent freaks me out every time I watch him wrestle because he lands everything on his head. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Why? Why are we doing this? He's he's thick neck boy. He's got a big old neck. Colton like feels trunk. like a discount bin Grayson Waller. I don't want to say anything bad about Colton, but I feel like he feels like a discount anything. Um, discount fine. version of his brother? Yeah, yeah. He just... He needs the, to find only, the only time that I've ever felt anything toward Colton Gunn was after the Briscoes FTR match where they beat up FTR, I think, right? at Like, it was one of the Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then if you listen... He's talking to a fan and he says some not great things to that fan. And I was like, I'm in. Give me that every week. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. It's going to be great. Tony Khan, if you're watching, because we know you like to steal my ideas, um, put that on on Twitter. Um, Tony Khan is a a real psychopath. He brings in uh, Road Dog and has him come out with the guns. That's the only thing that makes sense in my brain other than other than Billy Gunn turning, and I hate him. I'm not not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I'm going to go. I'll see you guys later. It's been a a real fun time. See you later. Don't speak it into existence. I just feel like I feel like Tony's enough of a psychopath to do it, and I don't know. It makes me worry. Every time that there's anything that, like, has Billy Gunn and, like, his sons, I'm like, this is it. It's going to be the road dog, Jesse James, coming out, and it's not going to be great. I'm sorry. I just brought down the mood. Let's okay, move on anyway. to the next match. Um, Bart Gunn comes out. I gotta, I can't read these comments. We have to move on because the, I cannot. The next one that I have is a fantastic banger. It's Brian Danielson taking on El Toro Blanco Rouge, and I cannot wait for this. Yeah, I think Brian Danielson wrestling every week has been a blessing because we're getting so many great matches just for funsies. I, you know, people on Twitter are always going to be like, why does Brian Danielson have to wrestle every week? Because that's the thing. It's fine. Just accept it. This match, when Roosh first came to AEW, and even before then, I was skeptical about him. I liked his matches, but like something wasn't clicking for me. But for whatever reason, Roosh not being with, Andrade has made me like him a lot more. Dude. I think he's really come into his own in AEW in like a completely unique way as an individual that he didn't have the opportunity to do in, you know, Ring of Honor on the Indies and then like in Andrade's faction. So I'm a lot more excited for this than I think people expect. He's done nothing but deliver since showing up yeah. in AEW. And Danielson, you let Danielson have 30 minutes of the two-hour show every Wednesday. It's a much better show. Yeah. Danielson is just that guy. Um, this is going to be a, a banger. I'm really excited about it. Um, I've as, as tacky as it is, the whole MJF, like, going through, like, the motions and finding people to wrestle. and He's done it a bunch, but it's always entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know? In- I will say there were some in the Chris Jericho series that I was like, uh, like, what? Was like moving to Guerrero, Nick Gage, 
they had a fun time with it. They were fun. Yeah. And it, sometimes wrestling matches, like they just they just have to be fun. Like I don't think every wrestling match needs to have like a novel to explain why it's being booked. I'm really excited for this. Um, I'm really excited for Roosh in general because uh I think there's like a lot of upside there, but I everyone in AEW being in a faction now was kind of scaring me. Because Roosh, he has still Jose the assistant and 10, who is now just Preston Vance, I think. I don't think he's 10 anymore. And I, I don't know. It's That's not clicking for me. I, I, would, I love the magic of just Roosh as a singles guy, just on his own, being good, doing stuff. It's kind of the same vibe I got when Brian, I love the Blackpool Combat Club. Don't come for me. But Brian Danielson in the Blackpool Combat Club, it was a little weird. Interesting. I think it's because Moxley was there. <laughs> I don't think he gels with Moxley as like faction mates. But I don't know. Like Jose the assistant's cool, but he's no like Alex Abrahantes, you know? I will <laughs> refrain from any comments. Listen, I never get to share my controversial opinions when Haley's here because I I, I don't know. I just don't, but like something about you being here. Like makes you feel chaotic. Yeah. I'm just here for it. I have like all these bottled up opinions and I'm like, actually Alex Abrahantes is the best manager in AW. I think that he severely diminishes that act entirely. Death triangle. So so you and I are on totally like opposite sides there. Yeah. What do you think about Jose, the assistant and 10 and love him. I not a big fan of 10 doing his thing, but I understand he needed to break off and I love Mm -hmm. Roosh. Um, The issue is like, Andrade's stock, whether he comes back or leaves, has severely yeah. taken a hit. Um, Alex is a waste of space. Penta said I'm you're so sorry. You are <laughs> Alex Abrahantes, when you know what, we're not going to turn this into Alex Abrahantes show because I will fight to the death for him. That's crazy. Um, but you are right. Andrade's stock, I feel like, has fallen because I don't think. With the exception of a couple matches with Cody and maybe like a couple others, I don't think fans have really been into Andrade as this business manager type character where he's like paying people to do stuff for him. And I I, I do think his debut sucked. And I think that still is affecting it. His prestige in AW. Yeah. But like a lot of, I think fans... AEW fans in particular, when there's rumors that someone is leaving, AEW fans don't want to invest in them because they don't want to, you know, have to deal with the consequences of that. So he comes back, like he has to do something cool. I don't know what it what you would do with him to like get him back over. But fans are just so burnt out on Andrade, I think. Yeah. And Roosh is just kind of cooler, you know, like yeah, he has that edge to him um, where it feels like he's just going to smack somebody backstage. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Roosh kind of feels legit in that way. Um, not saying anything bad about Andrade. I loved Andrade, but just feels like AEW kind of didn't know what to do with him, but they brought him in as like, a, we'll figure it out, pal. And they just never did. Um, I think. Bummer. I think they expected that he would be Andrade from NXT and have those 
kind of matches and that kind of vibe. And I do think they tried to replicate that in AW, but I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. Like something isn't clicking. Something's wrong there. I don't know how you solve it. Do you just? I don't know. I, I think AEW is better with Roosh in that yeah. role. The thing is, Andrade needs time to get going, and they didn't have enough time. They were already cramming their shows. I mean, you'd have Excalibur screaming a hundred words in a second to, you know, tuck in yeah. everything at the end of the shows. Like they didn't have enough time for Andrade to really be Andrade. Whereas Roosh kind of works that more compact style and and gets his stuff across real mm-hmm. like honestly, just quicker. Um yeah. and he can excel in five minute matches. Whereas Andrade really needs probably three times that amount, like 15, 20 minutes to get it across. So nothing bad about either of them. They're fantastic in their yeah. own rights. But for TV that has so many different storylines and so many things happening, Roosh probably makes more sense. I 100% agree. Speaking of, I was going to say speaking of people who can get stuff done in five minutes, but maybe that's not like the right thing to say here. Let's talk about the women's division. Sure. Um, <laughs> Um, so this is a mess. <laughs> so the AW Women's World Championship Eliminator match, which I think is a number one contenders match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I guess it Something is. Like uh, Jamie Hader, who's the champion against the Bunny. Listen, I'm so excited the Bunny is getting things because I love the Bunny. I love Al. I loved Allie. I love the Bunny. Um, for what I understand, she was like injured, and then she was filming like a movie. For- and it's like whatever, but I guess the bigger story here is they're building this homegrown AW coalition and these outsiders from wherever coalition, and they're going to meet up at some point, whether they're it's in blood and guts, whether it's just in like a five on five or whatever match, whatever ends up being. And I would like to see the bunny involved in that. So I hope that this goes well for her because I think, as an AEW original, she's really, she is an original. Like, she's one of the first ones there. And she's also done a lot. Just, like, had great matches and everything. But I want to know, Mike, because we haven't talked about this. What are your, your thoughts on this women's division story? It is funny that you took that. Because the only thing that I had for this was, Kylie, I know you love the bunny. Are you excited to see this match against Jamie? So, yes. <laughs> I figured. Um, so, the first thing you said was, I love the bunny. And I was like, there it is. Um, yeah. It feels like they were on a really good track with the women's division and this whole like WWE without saying it uh, versus like your AEW homegrown girls. Like um, it felt like they were on a really good track with that, but then it just feels like it kind of got lost. Like, and I feel like Ruby Soho is kind of the one that ties everything together because she's the one that's still playing the other side. Yeah, she inevitably turns right. Like that's the only way that that ha- like can go. Have to. You have to, right? Yeah. Um, because she can't be like the asterisk there. Like you have to make that right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that doing a five on five or blood on gut, like blood and guts with that would be fantastic. Um, I don't know what I'm expecting out of the match tonight with the bunny and Jamie Hater. Jamie's been on a tear. I think she's been yeah. the best AW Women's Champion so far. Mm-hmm. Um, consistently in ring, like she's been fantastic. Uh, Jamie Hader could wrestle a Harry Potter cutout, and I would watch it. Um, yeah, I mean that's it, man. Jamie Hader's been absolute money to watch. 
again, an organic person that just got over, right? Just was somebody yeah. that the fans got behind. Um, we'll see. I don't know. You know, I feel like this is just kind of like a, a throwaway match to be the continuation of that whole storyline. So I unfortunately don't see it going well for the bunny stock because I just feel like she's just like, ah, yeah, you'll be, you'll be fine. We don't have to pay, you know, anybody local to do it. We'll just have the bunny wrestle this match. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I just don't see it going very long at all. No, unfortunately. And I think, I think the bunny is always in the spot where she gets like a little bit of momentum and fans are always excited to see her, but they never commit to the bunny, even though I think she's great in the ring and I think she's improved a lot. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if she ends up being involved in this larger story, homegrown versus WWE ish talent. I don't know, but I, I expect that it'll be a quick match. We'll get some ma- ma- like massive beat down angle and then it'll cut to backstage and, like Willow Nightingale's on the ground bleeding and Soraya and Tony Storm are like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And it'll be something like that. And the story will continue. I would like to see the story come to a head at Revolution. I would like to have a big match at Revolution that isn't oh, just a women's title match that's there because it has to be there. Like that's usually what AW goes with is just that. I'm excited how, for it nonetheless, though. How far out from Revolution are we? A little less March than a month. Yeah, so we're right at a 13, month. I mean, 27, like three and a half weeks. You're going to have to go. If you're going to do it at Revolution, you have to go now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and not just like the, the continue. Like, you have to go. Um, we'll see. It's fine. I, I was going to say, you know, Britt laying down on the back just got ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin style. You know, like. She's like bleeding. Yeah, you're just expecting something along those lines, you know. So it's. Yeah. uh I hope that we do get the five on five or a multi-women match of some sort, because that's what it seems like it's building to um, specifically hater being a better champ than Tony storm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so too. Um, Tony, I feel like it was a blast to watch her get there, but then the fans were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And this is really the first AEW women's champion that I've seen the fans get behind before she got there and then stick with after she got there. Yeah. Um, and it makes for better matches. So um, yeah, I'm excited for it for sure. I, I will say Tony Storm kind of got the short end of the stick being an interim champion and being made official champ after the fact, because I do think fans didn't pay a lot of attention to Tony Storm because they're, she's interim and they were just booking when Thunder Rosa was coming back, which I don't know when Thunder Rosa is coming back. I don't know. It, it sounds like she's never coming back. It, like, it's like every week I'm, I'm like, eh, when's she coming back? I don't know. Yeah, it's been a lot of talk of like, hey, it's legit, and it might not, you might, she might not ever wrestle again, which is sad. Um, and she was great too, man. Her whole yeah. rise, but again, she wins that match, probably a week too late, in my opinion, wins the title, and then because she was supposed to win it what at the pay per view, am I right? And on then that? she won it on like the St. Patrick's Day, right, which was day. in her hometown. So I get it, yeah. but like, you really should have probably pulled the the trigger you know, at the the pay-per-view. Same thing with the acclaimed, but the acclaimed just stay hot. Thank goodness. You know, but being in that arena was crazy with, it felt like everything changed from uh, Keith Lee and Swerve. But anyway, um, yeah, it, you know, it's fine. We'll see what happens. I just hope that we get not just a continuation, but we get like definitive. This is what we're doing moving forward Mm -hmm. rather than just kind of like, Hey, we're figuring it out week over week. 
And then, like, the day of the pay-per-view, they're like, surprise, it's a 10-woman tag team match. and it's Yeah, like, like 2 o'clock, Tony Khan tweets it, you know? Yeah. Like, He's like, oh, and it's also on the, the zero hour. It's on the buy-in. Yeah, whatever they want to call it this time yeah. around. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I'm always going to call it the buy-in. <laughs> Sorry. That's what it is. Um, uh, I, I want to tackle the bad thing that we have left first before we get to the good thing. Okay. And I feel like we might differ on what that means, and that's okay. Uh, let's get the bad out of the way, though. Uh, the Garcia Guevara gauntlet for old Ricky Starks. Uh, it's Ricky Starks versus Angelo Parker, and if he wins that against Matt Menard, and then if he wins that either against Sammy Guevara or Daniel Garcia, uh, and if he wins the entire gauntlet, he survives it, he earns a match against Jericho, Starks does. Um, this stinks. And it's unfortunate that Ricky's in the position that he's in with it because it does feel like they're just giving, like finding an excuse to give Ricky TV time. Um, but it's just given that Jericho stench of like, this is going on for too long. <laughs> I don't we even, I'm, I refuse. We got a super chat from G bro who says, Mike, say nice things about Jeff Jarrett. His entrance is like his theme song. Fantastic. Makes me feel a million different emotions at once. Um, yeah, it, this is just whatever, though, man. I just wish that we weren't in this predicament with Ricky Starks because it feels like it sucks and it does suck and it's not great. And I do, when Ricky Starks was going into the feud with Jericho, I was a little optimistic because it does feel like a lot of guys who are going to be world champion have to go through a feud with Jericho to get there. Uh, I mean, Ken, even Kenny Omega had a feud with Chris Jericho in AW. Yeah, but like... It's but, just different. But this is bad. And this I think it's because good. I think it's because the JAS in general, I think fans are kind of done with. I think this whole thing, the sports entertainer thing, I think it's been bad for everyone in the JAS, um, especially Time Mello and Anna J. I think arguably it's been bad for Daniel Garcia as well, being tied down like with this stuff. And I would like to see them explore Chris Jericho be losing all the time and being bad and what that means <laughs> for the JAS. Because he lost to action on Dreddy and had this big freak out backstage. And then they're like, oh, just kidding. You're going to go into this feud with Ricky Starks, which is great. I just, I don't know why Ricky Starks has to beat a million people to get a match with Chris Jericho after all this, but it's whatever. Um, and I assume Chris Jericho is going to lose at the end of this. I think Ricky Starks is going to beat Chris Jericho. And then maybe we'll get like the dissolution of the JAS. But I don't know. I'm just annoyed with it. Like in this, this gauntlet thing is so dumb. It's not good. And I, mean, all the, I want you to know everything that all the comments since we started talking about this, the story so bad. The feud hopefully blows off a revolution. I put the hopefully in there, Winston. Sorry about it. Jericho books his own feuds and they're backwards as hell. And then daddy magic's the only good thing in this. And I agree on that. So um, I love 2.0. I love um, Angela Parker. I love daddy magic. I think they're really, really entertaining. I think they're more entertaining than Sammy Guevara is. So I don't know why Sammy Guevara is in this prominent spot with Daniel Garcia. Um, I think it's undeniable at some point Garcia and Guevara are going to feud because they're doing this weird thing where Guevara's like his mentor, like his buddy. It's like big brother, big sister. Um, so we're going to get that at some point. 
Jake Hager's there. Like <laughs> I see you just read Casey's comment. Yeah. Uh, Jake Hager stinks. It's so bad. I um, I appreciate that they're not doing. Here's Jake Hager. He's an MMA star. I love that they're doing this as like here's Jake Hager. He's a big dumb idiot, and that's his character. And I appreciate it because he is a big dumb idiot, and I like the realness there. Yeah. Um. But. <laughs> But um, wow, I don't know. I Chris Jericho Ricky Starks is going to be a okay match, just because they they can both pull out good matches. I do still think Ricky Starks is going to have a bigger feud with MJF at some point this year. Whether Ricky Starks wins the title from MJF or not, I don't I don't know. Um, but I do see him in that spot. But this is like this is like the pits. Like this is as bad as it gets for the JAS. Yeah, the only thing I would tune out, you know what? Here's a nice thing, right? You asked me about nice things to say about Jeff Jarrett. I would turn this off before I would turn off a Jeff Jarrett match, and that's saying something. Um, so there's your nice comment about Jeff Jarrett. I'll watch a Jeff Jarrett match instead of watching this well, well, stinker. Long-time long Tag Talk viewers know I have beef with Jeff Jarrett, so no comment. <laughs> well. We have beef. Um yeah, I have no other comments about this gauntlet thing. I yeah. I'm just like so disinterested in it. Yeah, that like it's they like, should have they should have pulled the trigger on Garcia leaving the JAS, and it would have probably freshened up the JAS. Yeah. Um, but whatever. It's whatever. I'll take a uh, nap. Okay, so this match I'm really excited for, and I have a feeling you're excited too. You are. I'm shocked. Are you, I'm shocked. I'm very excited. So. Another eliminator match, which I, I okay, we're doing a bunch of these, I guess. AW World Championship Champion. Wednesday or whatever they're calling it. Fight Championship Fight Night. Sorry, not Battle of the Belts. No, that's for random bad matches after Rampage. Oh <laughs> this is Championship Fight Night. This means something. Uh, MJF versus Takeshita, which I am so excited for. Because, well, one, I love Takeshita. I would see Takeshita wrestle anyone, and I would be excited for it. But Takeshita wrestling MJF. I'm ex so excited to see MJF's character in this environment with someone who is, like, so good in the ring. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something totally different. Oh? Uh, so much better. But it's fine. Not a, not a big deal. I like oh, wait, MJF. I, never, I, wait, I, I love I MJF. Please. I have a question for you. I've been kind of critical of MJF's title run. I feel like oh. it's been eh. It's been kind of blah. What do you think about it as MJF as world champ? All right. Here's a shameless plug. If you go back and listen to my old podcast that I did with some of my best friends called the Up and Over podcast, we covered Triple H's Reign of Terror, which I this whole, my merch. This whole <laughs> stop it right now. <laughs> this whole MJF feud is or not feud rather, this whole MJF run rather is eerily reminiscent even down to like dare i say like the race baiting comments like it's all there like it just feels like a direct rip of that whole uh reign of terror there and he even mentions like oh it's my reign of terror um it's fine man it's whatever i don't hate mjf i really enjoy mjf a lot um i, I just don't know how long can you run this with you know before the tread runs off the tires. Like, yeah, 
you know, it's a different world than it was 20 years ago, right? You're talking a two decade old thing. Um, attention spans are much shorter now, right? With how easily it is to, you know, consume content in a minute. Like, how am I supposed to buy in on MJF being a guy for 18 months, a year, two years? Like, you know, I don't know. I, you know, no, I definitely agree. And I kind of touched on this at the beginning when we were talking about CM Punk. I, I don't, part of MJF's appeal to me when he was, you know, gearing up to win the title last year and when he was having all these great feuds was that I believed him, that I believed that he was this, like, this jerk, that he felt all these things he said he felt, that he was doing all these things. But now I, I'm not buying what he's selling. And I think it's because he's with Danielson, who I genuinely believe when believe Jan- Danielson when he says that I love wrestling, I I'm a pro wrestler, like all the stuff he says. Danielson is so genuine in that, and Takeshita is a lot of the same. That I genuinely believe Takeshita is having the time of his life in AW. That oh, he yeah. believes everything he says, and MJF. I don't know, and it's so weird because you know. MJF is, you know, this great promo and he's a generational promo and all this stuff, but I don't know. I'm just, it's not clicking with me. And I hope that this match really gets him back on track because I think MJF Danielson could be as good as MJF punk. If the story and the commitment is there. That's fair, but yeah, it just depends. And it's unfortunate, but they were building to CM Punk MJF, right? That was the build coming out of all out. So it almost feels like the whole MJF situation got derailed. And you almost wonder what if Punk was still around, you know? Um, But he's not. And this is what we have. Uh, Takeshita, man. Takeshita being in the States has been amazing yeah uh it's made both him and every promotion he's worked for exponentially better um and i think that's awesome there's a whole lot of people clamoring for Takeshi to beat mjf clean tonight and i just don't see that being a feasible possibility although if you could think about that happening that place would go bonkers yeah it'd be awesome i think we'll get shenanigans i think he'll cheat to beat Takeshi or like Roosh will help him beat Takeshita as part of his payment or something like that. Which, Roosh versus Takeshita, if they build that for Revolution, I'm into it. I'm into Um, it too. But I fully expect, though, I don't think MJF beats Takeshita clean. One, because I don't think you do that to poor Takeshita. And two, I don't think it's MJF's... I think MJF cheating to win adds more for him and his his character, his time... I'm so insecure that I'm just going to do all the stuff that insecure men do, but it's fine. Um, I'm excited for it. Not well, the match itself is going to be good because it's Takeshita and he can get a good match out of a stick. I'm excited for the story. Wow. (laughs) That's a really undermining thing to say about MJF and MJF is in my opinion. I love MJF in the ring. I do too. I think he's really good. Um, he doesn't wrestle often, so I think that helps him out a lot, that he doesn't have to be as cautious because he doesn't wrestle as much, and he can kind of, when he wants to go, MJF will go. Right. Um, I do think the clash of styles with Takeshita could be really, really good or really, really bad. I don't know. 
Uh, I'm excited for it nonetheless, though, because one, I love when the world champion wrestled on TV. Yep. And two, I love when people who are organically over gets, you know, this spot, which presumably it's going to be the main event, um, get that slot and really get to showcase what they want to do. Like Takeshita, who's who is someone who got over just by being good in the ring, which I love about AEW. So I'm excited for it. I'm sorry. And I know people um, saying MJF doesn't need to win this match. MJF does need to win this match. I'm sorry. So my friend Sal is in the chat and he's, he said a few things a few different times and the toxic max Yelinity. Um, Sal might be the greatest person to talk to when it comes to writing signs for wrestling. Um, he is uh he, anytime that you watch a live wrestling event from Texas, I guarantee you'll see one of Sal's signs, just so y'all know. Um, so that feels like something he'd write on. Nice little sign. Remember when I didn't write signs at AEW All Out? Tough. Um, but yeah, this is whatever, man. I, MJF wins this. Takeshita doesn't really lose stock, though. Like, yeah. I don't know what you do with Takeshita and AEW, though. Like, do you give him the All-Atlantic Championship and let him leave, like, packed it? Like, I don't know what you do. I don't either. And Don Callis kind of swirling around Takeshita is interesting to me. I forget that's even a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess at some point it'll be all will be revealed and we'll understand why Don Callis is doing this. Um, I don't know if Don Callis is building a faction I don't know if he's just jumping off the Kenny Omega ship. I don't know what the story there is, but I imagine either Takeshita is going to be part of a tag team that Don Callis is building, or Don Callis is going to push him into the ti- a title scene, whether it's All Atlantic or TNT or Ring of Honor World Championship or whatever it ends up being. It's good. I don't know if Don Callis is there, but just absurd to me because you can't do a heel Takeshita. No. You can't. Unless Don Callis is luring him into a sense of like false security to be like, wow, surprise. Here's my actual gotcha. client. Yeah. Gotcha. Which I, I don't know who, who that would be, but maybe that, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know where the story goes. Uh, Darby needs to be a challenger for MJF in the summer. Darby right now, after a month and a week being in 2023, Wrestle of the year, not even a question. Uh, he has put on some bangers, and I would love to see a full program with him and Max. Yeah, what I forget what pay per view they wrestled at Revolution one year, 21. Yeah, uh, and they were like your opener, dude. That match was awesome. It was, and Darby not being TNT champ anymore does make me think he's going to move up to that spot. <clears throat> but if they do feud. I would love, absolutely love to see Darby on the mic more because Darby, he gets promo time, but it's always like backstage film things and Sting is always there. And I would like Darby to step away from Sting and hold his own instead of, and I love Sting, but I think Darby needs that refresh as um, as a character. Yeah. So I'd be into it. Yeah, Darby does all of his own videography for his... Uh his own promos though, right? Like the black and white stuff. He does all that film by himself. I'm pretty sure he, uh, he's a creative guy. I would love to see him, you know, 
have a full push and see where that ends up because he's a psychopath and I'm into that, I think. I'm into that, I think. I'm into if that, I think. That's it. That's all I got. Um, yeah, see, dude, Jibra, right on with me. It was a, there was, that match was a banger. Like that match made the other matches, like two or three matches after that followed. I was like, yeah, but yeah. I'm not really that into it. Like that match was fantastic. I think they could have a really awesome time with the program because that was built on um, MJF beating Darby with a, a headlock, right? That's what mm -hmm. it was. Um, so yeah, have like, giving them some time would be awesome. Um, and I, I'm, I'm always here for AEW coming back to um, coming back to feuds, but also specifically feuds between the quote unquote pillars. Pillars, yeah. Because I like I like to come back and you know see how people have improved. Like, and I think the story is really interesting in that regard, except for Sammy Guevara, but that's fine. <laughs> um, um, and Maria says, "How about Sting versus Darby?" I. For a long time, I've been on the Darby Allen should turn heel train because I think Darby Allen has needed a character refresh for a long time. And a heel turn is an easy way to do that. But I think him being TNT champion revitalized him in a way that I don't think we need to do Sting versus Darby ever. I have no care to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do. I understand that thought of like Darby needs to break away from Sting and how do you do it? So we probably end up getting something. Mm -hmm. But I don't care to see it. Me either. So, as of right now, that is everything that is on Dynamite. Which is a good card for Dynamite. Yeah. AW has been on a, a run of fantastic Dynamites. Absolutely. I, um, it's like mind-boggling to me because because <laughs> I don't know, 2022 was a weird year for AW and I was like, okay, here's our slowdown. Like we're gonna get back in this rhythm of like good shows, good shows, like not nothing too crazy, and then full gear happened, and then it's like all of a sudden, pay per view cards every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, yeah. Every Wednesday. Yep. The shock of Thatcher wild. last week was awesome. Like you know, you had yeah. Danielson and Thatcher. That was a, a banger. Um, there was uh, this past few like month of card is what I said. Like past four weeks, like it's wild, dude. It's, it's exhausting like, to watch almost like it's like this yeah. is awesome but how do you do this every week like and i think that makes the the moments where it's not so great look even worse yeah so it's a catch-22 there like you're putting on fantastic cards but then like what do you do at pay-per-views and then what do you do for the slow weeks like i fully expect revolution to be a solid five hours <laughs> i just looking at the amount of stuff that has either is building to revolution or probably should build to revolution to be done. It's going to be insane. I, I fully expect it to be insane and absurd. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, golly. It's on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. I'm off work. Like I could relax. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, Oh, uh, five hours, dude. That's uh, what that's including the buy-in, but yeah, but golly, yeah. some of those yeah. events go so long that like, man, you're just tired by the end of them. But uh, would you say that it's been, I'm not even reading that. I'm not reading it. I'm not reading it. Um, I'll, I'll leave it on the screen. Um, so that's everything for dynamite. I do you have anything go, else you wanted to chat about? Do you, I didn't. 
we brought we brought up everything that I was going to chat about. I was going to open just about to open the floor to you. Oh Lord, um, no. I mean, we I, don't I'm, have to. I'm cool. I have nothing else that's really exciting for me right now. Well, damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> other than uh, Kazusada Higuchi being one of the best wrestlers in the world that nobody talks about, go watch DDT. Enjoy yourself. Go watch DDT. Oh, go watch. That's a good. That's a good message. I love DDT. Go watch DDT. Um, that's that's all I got though. Okay. Do you want to do? Okay. So at the end of tag talk, this is your first tag talk. Oh. We do a little bit where we do our closing thoughts, and then we do our plugs. We plug our Twitter, any other things we're doing. So. I'm opening the floor to you, your closing thoughts and your plugs. Oh, Lord. My closing thoughts. By 2024, let's stop having Chris Jericho win matches and put people in boring feuds on AEW television. Cody Rhodes for president, governor, senator, whatever he wants to be in the United States of America. Um, that's all I got. Awesome. Okay, my closing thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like, that was like a, that's hard to top. Um, What's my closing thought? I want more. I want more. I think it's like commonplace to say I want more women's wrestling on AWTV. Yep. But with how much I'm enjoying the story of the homegrown versus outsider thing, I want more matches to build that and less backstage beatdown segments. So maybe that's my closing thoughts on that. Sure. But Mike. What was I going to say? Oh, where can the people find you on Twitter? Oh, goodness. Uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, at MikeXKlinski. It's like right here, I think, for you guys. Yeah. Um, before we go, I would be doing a disservice to our friend Haley without saying uh, lots of love and support to her. Um, and obviously, if something isn't right and you're not feeling something or you're not feeling like yourself, reach out. There are people to help you. Um, I, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, I will be tweeting plenty of links to, uh, places that will help. Uh, and then obviously my DMS are open. Reach out to me anytime. Like, I love you guys, man. I love people. Uh, you know, I love you, uh, Kylie, Mike, one time for the OGs and five. Um, but yeah, uh, Twitter, Instagram, I'm trying to think, do I have anything else but that? I don't, man. I feel like an old man. Um, but yeah, lots of love to Haley. Lots of love to you. This was awesome i appreciate you having me and tag talk supremacy 2023 it continues i agree i second everything mike said and now here's the segment where i do the long plug that no one listens to ever but that's okay you can follow me on twitter at fuller underscore kylie i post everything i'm doing there and i'll be posting every week our special guest on tag talk tag talk will be moving back to its Monday at 3 p.m. time slot. This was like a special episode because of the circumstances of the week, and we wanted to make sure we got an episode in. That's why we're live on Wednesday, but thank you guys for joining us anyway. It was a lot of fun. But moving forward, it'll be Monday at 3, and our guest next... Mm, I'll tweet about it. I'll tweet about it. Follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I was going to say it, but then I haven't talked to her about what we're going to talk about yet, so it's like, eh. But, There's a hint. I haven't talked to her about it. There's a hint uh, at Fuller underscore highly for that. This is Fightful Overbooked. Thank you so much for watching. This is where we talk about wrestling and we talk about other things too. There's basketball. There's a show about Degrassi and dating apps and all sorts of things. So make sure you subscribe to Fightful Overbooked to get into all that content. If you're watching this after we go live, hi. Thank you so much for watching. Um, we'd love to have you.
Also, comment below your thoughts on Sami Zayn, on Cody Rhodes, on Roman Reigns, on AEW, anything you want. I still want to know what you have to say, even though you didn't make it live. That's fine. Like this video as well and share it. Share it with your friends. Share Fightful Overbooked. We are on a killer run right now, Fightful Overbooked, and I would love you guys to be a part of it. Thank you for watching. And like I said earlier before the stream, in case you didn't make it, for the next few weeks, Tag Talk will have a special guest every episode. This week is my one of my best friends in the entire world. This is Mike Kalinske. He's the dude. Follow him on Twitter. Um, we're going to have a lot of familiar faces, maybe some not so familiar faces. We're going to have a lot of fun with Tag Talk. Every week is going to be a little bit different. We're all just making it up as we go along. But I hope that you guys still enjoy the content. Um, oh, also, <laughs> I totally missed this part of the plug. Follow at Romantic Wrestle. That is Romanticized Wrestling, which is also on YouTube, Romanticized Wrestling. That's like a passion project. Me, Haley, and our friend Kyle. Um, Kyle is on a business trip right now. I don't know what. We're going to film a Jay Briscoe tribute episode. I don't know when we're going to film it. We're both very busy. It's fine. But I will be doing some solo content on Romanticized Wrestling. Um, some breakdowns, some story stuff, just a lot of fun stuff. So follow me on Twitter for that and follow at Romantic Russell for that. I think I covered all the points. So thank you guys so much for watching. I will see you Monday at three. We will not be Wednesdays at four. Monday at three. Bye, guys. Adrenaline! Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.